Well, welcome everyone to the Robin Walter Show. God bless you all today. Pack program as always. Just want to remind you that I thought it would be this week, but it is going to be next week that we are going to be upgrading the quality, sound integrity, if you will, of the program to a higher, what they call a bit rate, which means that some of you who are on the email list for the blast of the program where you get it by an mp3 a few people have a problem getting a larger program but just to remind you that when you get it you will this is for next week you'll get a black screen if you can't play it and click it on the arrow go up in the upper right there's a download button and you can download it to your computer and you should be in good shape but also encouraging people to catch it on a podcast under the robin walter show under any of your various podcast Uh, platforms, also rumble.com, where if you want to grab it there, uh, it's Robin Walter's show. There's no word the in the front, and there's no space between the words. And all the other platforms, it's the Robin Walter show, or Robin Walter show with spaces. Hope that uh, helps. I hope I haven't confused you too much. We've got a lot to fit in here to program today, so we're going to get rolling. But I want to start with something that is... It is such a disturbing trend, and it's been going on probably since Kathy Griffin, that comedian, loosely so-called, never heard her, but I'm sure she's foul and profane, um, given the fact that she was holding up the bloody head, alleged head of Donald Trump, and all the violence that is that emanates from the Democrat Party, which is incredible, serious. So the Vox senior editor... Uh, writes uh, writes the other day a uh, a pre-written Justice Alito obituary. That's right, Ian Milheiser. Uh, these people, all they know is hate. They always talk about everybody else hating, but they're the haters. Remember, hate speech is simply God's word that you share, and they hate it because they're bibliophobic, Christophobic, and ultimately those two blend to be truthophobic. It's not very complex. So he's writing about how he basically, uh, an obituary, pre-written obituary, which is just a means by which to slam him, just like the news media slammed the Republican uh, uh, congresswoman, I forgot her name right now, um, who was killed in the car accident the other day. Unbelievable, reprehensible behavior that if it had happened towards people were treating um, uh, their precious people like that, it would be all over the news. So you've got, what are, was it Linda Sanchez, that loser Democrat from Southern California, loses a congressional softball game and flips the bird to the Republicans. You know, there's no class on the left. There's no tact on the left. There's also no guts on the left. And because so many have reprobate minds, not many brains, and there's certainly no morals. I am finding that where I think that the reprobate mind, which we'll talk about later today, was somewhat unusual and rare 
in the past is increasingly troublesome and commonplace in this country because God is simply giving us over. I don't, you know, there are people, we're standing up, we're doing all that we can, we're praying, so forth. But I find that there are just simply too many, particularly Christians, who are not salt and light. They sort of become grease and darkness in that they are unwilling to stand up to the opposition. They're unwilling to speak truth into the face of lies because they are intimidated by the devil himself, the father of lies. And who's the father of? Well, most of them are in the Democrat Party. But they're all over the world. They're just the truth haters, the Jesus haters, the word of God haters. Where is there really any persecution, honestly, with respect to any religious group than what is done to Christians? Slaughtered by Boko Haram in Africa. Um... Buddhists in India that are uh, harass them. The Chinese arresting. Now, the Chinese are a little less discriminatory. They, they're after both Muslims and Christians because they both see, or both may reflect to the Chinese, a dominion uh, narrative or character. And that is the, the, the Christians' desire to spread the gospel throughout the whole earth. That would be China. Muslims want to turn the whole world into an Islamic caliphate. Those are both threatening things to China. So the response, well, let's harass them. But with a few, very, very few exceptions, all of the religious persecution in the entire world is against Christians. That's a fact. But the fact, facts don't really matter to the left. I understand that. But this, this guy, I'm not going to call him a gentleman, who's obviously wishing for Alito's death, can't wait to write his alleged obituary about people that he hates. He's nothing more than a Kathy Griffin with a pen in his hand instead of Donald Trump's bloody head in her hand. The violence is over the top, and we see that, you know, when Jesus said that the signs of his coming... You will see he'll come at a time when it'll be like it was in the days of Noah. Right? Well, what was it like in the days of Noah? Well, it was horrible. Violence. It said violence filled the earth. That was the reason God wiped out the earth, because violence filled it. And violence was a feature of idolatry and sexual debauchery. And and the only other time that, that the Lord uses a biblical reference to his second coming apart from the three days and the three nights and the story of Jonah, as he says that it was it was in the days of Lot. Well, what was it like in the days of Lot? We're talking Sodom and Gomorrah. Sexual debauchery focused and highlighted by uh, cities that were overrun with Sodomites. It had gotten that wicked. Overrun with Sodomites. And you see, there's a lesson to be learned before I get further into this today from Lot's wife. The scripture says that any person who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Not fit for the kingdom of God. So what do you have with Lot's wife? While she's fleeing Sodom and Gomorrah, she looks back. She gets salted. 
because God had said, God determined that she was not fit for escape. She was not fit for salvation. She was not fit to be freed because she loved the world of sin. She loved the world more than God's word. She loved whatever was going on and the delicacies and the niceties, though ravaged by sin and the just pleasant quaint towns of Sodom and Gomorrah, more than she loved God's word. So she looked back and she didn't get the kingdom of God either. She's out of here. Just like the person who looks back having put their hands to the plow. You can't go forward looking backwards. And if you're looking backwards, it's a reflection of the fact that your your affiliation, your desires are in the wrong direction. It says in Acts that we are, New King James says that we're restricted by our affections. I think the King James says we're kind of constricted by our bowels. Well, we're not talking, <laughs> we're not talking um, an issue with constipation. Let me just clear that up. It says you're constricted in your bowels doesn't mean that he's talking about people who need uh, uh, some laxatives. It's talking the, the bowels in the old test or in the in the old King James reflects the deepest part of the heart, your affections, your deepest affections, and if you're constrained by your affections, you're not going to do and say what you ought to do and say because you're afraid of who you're going to offend. And of course, this is not a problem on the left. They don't care who they offend. They actually believe that crapola. This is a problem in the Christian circles. This is a problem with people who think that they have to go along to get along and they're afraid they're going to lose their job if they do this or that and they won't stand up. Having done all to stand, they sit down. Having done all to stand, they turn and go the other way. Having done all to stand, they, they turn to silence. Uh, having done all to stand, they start patting LGBT people on the back and say, I'm with you. Because they don't want to stand up, stand against, or stand out. So what's the point of sitting in church for 30 years if you're going to bail and fail? I talked with a woman um, where I was visiting this last uh, week. And she, out of the blue, she said, what's with all the LGBT flags around here? And I just had said, well, you know what? I think it's a similar response to what is going on in the States because of the Roe v. Wade. The devil's had his way. Let's kill all the children we can. He's a, he loves death. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. And if he can wipe out every, all those children in the womb, you know, he's got a good head start, right? He does. So I said, but what happened when the Roe v. Wade decision came out? You got people like Gavin Grusom. Oh, my gosh, God forbid. I want to secede for sure if he becomes president. And he's running, make no doubt about it. But once he's, he's focused on abortion tourism for California, which also now wants to be the leading state for sex change operations and being joined by uh, a few other states, notably New York and, of course, in Illinois. Which, Illinois sits between New York and California, and they can never decide do they want to be more like New York or California where they're trying to figure out who can sin more, and then that's the one Illinois wants to follow. They're screwed up. 
Chicago has ruined the whole state. Get rid of Chicago and you got a great state. But Chicago's not a great city by no stretch of the imagination. So people will not say and do what they ought to say because they're going to offend somebody. But this woman, I, she asked me that, and so I said, well, because the Supreme Court did the right thing, the devil is ticked. He's livid. And he has brought out the hounds of hell from Gavin Grusom across the whole country, waking up allegedly sleeping companies and sleeping legislatures and things that haven't stood up for the precious right to kill innocent, unborn children. He's unleashed. And so when, because there was a, a public opposition to the LGBT movement in a particular community in the Midwest, then what happened? The, the, the dark side, the Darth Vader's in the LGBT, QRC, UV, WXYZ movement came out, guns blazing, sabers drawn, breathing, threatenings, ranting. I, I, that's what the devil does. He's not loving. He's not affirming. Well, I'll say, well, he's gender affirming. Oh, crap. That's not true. Not if you just want to keep... You, the, 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 you know, the people who are actually homosexual haters, you know who they are? They're the ones who are supportive of the LGBT, QRSDUVWXYZ movement. They don't want those people delivered. They don't want... The, they want... They want them, those people, to to apparently feel good about their sin, so the people that are supporting them feel better about their own sin. See, if you're trapped in sin, there's a couple ways to deal with it. You go to Jesus Christ and ask to be delivered and be swept clean of those sins, or you can find others or encourage others to be worse than you are, so you look better and you feel better about your own sin. Not only do you do it, but you take pleasure, like it says in Romans one. Take pleasure in others that are sinning. Not only do you not enter in, but but you keep others from entering in. Those are the LGBT supporting pastors who are largely to blame for this. But we are beginning in this country phase two of the homosexualization of America. It starts with and started with, I think, 1992-1994 from a legal standpoint when California voters passed the Domestic Partnership Act, which allowed uh, queers to identify a partner as a partner, register them, they got certain benefits, provided that the people who were doing it were 62 years old or older. And so what did the pastors do? Not jack squat crap diddly. So they're not, that doesn't affect us. They're not coming after us. Just let those oldsters do whatever the heck they want. No big deal. And at that time, when I was first came on the radio in the 90s, I said, this is a camel's nose in the tent, or more likely his rear end, because the devil's not going to stop there. Because any opposition to the homosexual movement indicts and convicts them of sin. Because it is not genetic. And we'll prove it today. If we can get to it, we'll prove it. It's not genetic. They don't need it anymore. They don't need a gay gene argument. But where did it start? It started with an introduction. And the introduction was the domestic partnership bill for 62-year-olds and older. 
but quickly it spread to a younger age, then it spread to any age, and then it spread to alleged marriage, which got shot down by a constitutional amendment, which really, really ticked off the homosexuals. You want to see, you want to see a violent thing. You should see all these queer guys harassing an old lady in Palm Springs, California, after the constitutional amendment prohibiting queer marriage in California passed, and that lady apparently had acknowledged voting for it. They should have all been arrested, locked up for life, frankly, to harass and intimidate and violate the rights of this old lady just for voting the way that their precious little sodomite minds couldn't handle. But phase one consists of a number of steps. It starts with that introduction. Then it moves to tolerance, a widespread tolerance. And then tolerance leads to accommodation. And accommodation then leads to validation. And validation then leads to advocacy. And advocacy leads to legality. This is the progression. And therein lies the end of phase one. Now begins phase two. And we are in, we're not getting to phase two. We are in phase two. The early stages of it, but we are in it. And what is phase two? It begins with the harassment and intimidation by the pro-queer contingent as to any of those who object. Anybody who puts up, says biblical things, anything that anybody who's actually speaking or disseminating things like this program, which should cause them to be convicted of their sin. It amounts to harassment, intimidation, and threats. But the harassment, intimidation, and threats then leads to the uh, lawsuits, which lead to, the, in other words, the validation of legal theories against those which would speak God's word, which leads to laws. And the laws lead to full-on punishment and persecution legally, whether that means being stuck in a jail cell, whether it means losing everything you want, whether it means some execution. I mean, California, when our church in California said that we were going to support the, and came out openly for it, supporting the constitutional amendment to prohibit uh, queer marriage, I ended up on several websites. Well, I think one was like, don't buy from bigots.com and stupid stuff like that. But then the thing moved in the legislature, not very far, because they were ahead of schedule. A bill that would have yanked the tax-exempt status from any church in California that spoke against queer marriage. Who's your tax-exempt status? Now, that's coming. I know that's coming. They were just simply ahead of schedule. They weren't to the end of phase one for them to begin phase two. So you might as well just decide today, where are you going to stand? You're going to cave in? Having done all the stand, you're going to run, you're going to cave, you're going to go silent, you're going to be, be, retreat the other way? Look, if you, if you cannot yield up your job to a bunch of sodomites in some company and believe that God couldn't feed you otherwise, you really have no faith in God. Goodness sakes, he fed Elijah with a raven. Elijah got catered to by a bird in God's kingdom.
multiplied the pots of oil, right? Jesus multiplied the fish. Jesus multiplied the bread. God has always been in the business of providing for his own who take a stand. He's not going to lead them to the soup kitchen unless it's to minister to people, not being in line to get soup, but one serving the soup, maybe. No. He says, if you honor him, in First Samuel, it says, if you honor him, me, I will honor you. If he can trust you with your tongue and your actions, then he is going to honor you and bless you and lift you up. The fact of the matter is, we are, have sat in churches for a gazillion years hearing all about faith. Faith, 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 faith. But what does James say? Faith without works is dead. Deader than a doornail. So as I was explaining to this woman who engaged me in this conversation about why this screaming, ranting, hate-filled pushback by LGBT elements around the country and by the companies that are pushing the woke smoke crapola, she then shared with me, and she was almost distraught because it broke her heart. She said, I had an aunt and an uncle who have, I think they're still alive, who have loved the Lord and served the Lord faithfully all their lives. They were in church. They were te doing this and that. They did everything until their daughter came out as a lesbian. And then, all of a sudden, they changed. Just like the guy, I can't even think of his name right now, who's Mayor Bob, somebody of San Diego. He was all for supporting Prop 8 and, and no queer marriage till his daughter came out as a lesbian. Then he totally flipped. He became a champion for that which God calls an abomination. Sodomy is an abomination to God. Well, he did that. And that's what happened with this couple serving the Lord for 30, 40 years. And their daughter comes out as a lesbian. And now they flip and all of a sudden they're LGBT and they're supportive of all of this and that. You see, they're constrained by their affections. They're restricted in their affections. They don't dare to do and don't dare to say what they need to do and say because of who they might offend. So I said to her, so let me understand. So the, would it be an accurate statement to say that these days your aunt and uncle's theology revolves around and is formed by their daughter's sins? She hung her head and said yes. And this has played out over and over and over again. How on earth would anybody stand up during the tribulation? when they can't even handle a little dislike from a son or a daughter. Another party raised that question with me, and I said, well, let me ask you this. So let's suppose you're running a campaign here, like the guy in San Diego, and there's too much crime. We want to get the drugs off the street. And then you find out that your son is actually a drug dealer. Do you flip now and say, you know what? Let's change. Let's, it's time to legalize the drugs. You find out that your daughter is a prostitute. Do you then change and find out, decide that prostitution ought to be legal? That 
your your son who's in trouble because he impregnated a girl and the the baby would be a burden on him, which means a burden. So now they change the position on abortion. You see, if you can't stand up to that, you're not part of the way, you're in the way. And you need to get out of the way. And God will take you out of the way. You remember Esther was concerned that going before King Ahasuerus and telling her about telling him about Haman and the plot to kill the Jews, that she was at risk of her own life. And the Mordecai says, of course, he says, you know, how do you know what you haven't been, uh, you know, basically brought into this life for just such a time as this? You got a job to do, girl, do it. And she didn't want to do it. And Mordecai said, well, if you don't do it, the Jews are going to be saved anyway. But you won't be. You won't be. The, the risk in not standing up. You see, you could change. And I hope you do. Peter failed Jesus. But one thing I'm sure Peter never did again the rest of his life was ever deny that Jesus Christ is Lord. So maybe that sin turned into a, a resolute uh, uh, determination on Peter's part that, hey, I'm, I probably sin in the future, but I'm not going to do this one again. No, not doing that one. Maybe that happens in a few cases. But what happens to the parents whose theology revolves around their son or their daughter's sins because they don't want to offend them? What happens when that son or daughter gets saved and delivered and the light goes on and they're look and, and he or she are looking back at her parents who she or he have won over to the LGBT side, sitting there pushing queer rights, taking the position, making a whole new set of friends whilst church friends don't dare to approach him anymore or whatever. Now what happens? You know what it's like, um, and I've heard this. This didn't happen in my family, but I hear it, and I've heard it from a number of clients. And it's usually spoken of in a sort of a comedic manner. So the parents have got a couple of kids, and let's just say let's say they've got a daughter who, uh, at 10 years old, desperately wants a puppy. They want a dog. She wants a dog. The parents said, you know, the dog is going to be expensive. We'll have to replace the carpet every three years. They don't want a dog. They know the dog just isn't the right situation for them. All right? But by the time she turns 12, they give in. They get her the puppy. And in five years from then, she goes away to college. And she's sort of thrilled in college that she, well, in college she's busy. She doesn't have to take care of the dog anymore. She doesn't have to buy food, doesn't have to clean up, doesn't have to get bathe them, whatever. But now the parents are stuck with the very thing that they didn't want in the first place, but they gave in, yielded to the child, who now has had a change of heart, and they're stuck with the dog. These are the parents who know better, uh, know God's word about everything homosexual and the fact that it is a sin, S-I-N, sin. They know it, but they change to accommodate the feelings or desires of another person, typically their children. 
And then what happens if the children change? Well, God bless those children. Maybe they can win the parents back, but the parents look like idiots. The parents look like the hypocrites that they actually are. That's what happens. And then they're sitting there like, how stupid are we? We let her have the dog, and now she doesn't want the dog anymore, and we're stuck with the dog. We accommodated our sins to fit her. We accommodated our beliefs to fit her sins, and then she changes. Well, that's not to say the parents would hope that she stays in sin or he stays in sin. But this is what happens when you're constrained or restricted by your affections. We're going to get to the whole lying part about the LGBT. QRSTUVWXYZ movement when we return. So don't go away. The biblical basis for homosexuality and it's not genetic. The Robin Mulcher Show is a listener-supported program. Your contribution goes to help as many people as possible to hear that the Word of God has answers to help you survive and even thrive in the dark days ahead in this country. We pledge to bring you the critical information you need to make informed decisions in this age where big tech and big media have conspired to rid our country of everything Christian. Please send your support to The Robin Walter Show, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. Or go to robinwalter.net and use PayPal. That's The Robin Walter Show. P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358, or robinwalter.net and use PayPal. Thank you. We are back. This is the Robin Walter Show. Before we continue with that, there is one piece of good news. I just don't want to wait any later to share it. So I'm going to inject it here at this point. You know, um, there's a lot of fun made of certain states, Uh, most notably Mississippi, West Virginia, hillbillies, mountaineers. As they, I think mountaineers, I think, is what they are. I think that's that it's the mountaineer state, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, West Virginia, however, and I'm not talking about Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin has been a disappointment here. He bailed on this uh, whole climate change bill. going to be hated by the West Virginians. I don't know what Joe Manchin got out of it. I don't know what the Democrats promised him. Maybe they promised him um, a mansion just over the hilltop, as the old song goes. But anyway, West Virginia has done something that I love. They are, they may be the state of the week. They're certainly the, they're the state of the week, maybe the state of the month. They may turn out to be the state of the year. These old hillbillies are doing something right. And what have they done? They have decided to refuse to do business in that state with woke banks. 
the banks that are doing the wokem schmokem business, the ones that are pushing tranny this and tranny that, and we're going to move, uh, we're going to pay for our employees across the country so they can kill their innocent unborn children. But they focused on one area, West Virginia did, as it relates to the ESG movement, which is environmental, social, and governance standards. ESG. And it's, it's, it's a dogma. It's become a narrative. It becomes the working papers for more and more publicly traded companies, which I, I'm just slowly easing my way out of the stock market. I don't really want to be a part owner with evil companies that push evil things on people. I don't want to be a partner with somebody that's against me. Why would I do that? So BlackRock, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, U.S. Bancorp, there's a host of institutions that are now prohibited from entering into banking contracts with West Virginia's state treasurer's office or any state agency for that matter. God bless you guys. Now, what I love about this thing is that this is, the, is similar to the strategy that I started recommending a couple of years ago on the air as it related to banks that refuse to finance or provide credit to gun manufacturers, ammo manufacturers, uh, bulletproof vestment, anything related or touching the Second Amendment community. They started to uh, raise rates or pull out of loaning them any money whatsoever because they were pushed by Barack Hussein Obama to do that. Well, he left, but the, but the banks kept the woke strategy. I will tell you, there's hardly, there are a couple. There are a couple, and I will pass them on if I can get permission because I know them personally. A couple of banks that are still holding to the line of what's either good and true or just staying out of this woke crapola. But West Virginia says we aren't doing it. We are not going to give contracts to companies that then won't lend money to all the oil and gas industry, which which pays to West Virginia, apparently, what I got a number here, $769 million in taxes each year to the state of West Virginia. Now, I love what their, their the state treasurer, Riley Moore, said. He said, quote, we're not going to pay for our own destruction. The woke banks have weaponized our tax dollars, tax dollars against the very people and industry that have generated them to begin with, end quote. And so they're going to do a variation of what I was hoping would happen a couple years ago, because if there wasn't a, couldn't find banks that would loan money to somebody because they believe in the Second Amendment, then there needs to be a bank created just for that purpose or in a gun-friendly state to no longer allow those banks to do business in the state of Texas or Oklahoma if they are going to actively oppose the Second Amendment by not lending or giving reasonable credit terms to gun manufacturers and ammo manufacturers. Same to you and more of it. Stay out of West Virginia, Gavin Grusom, and stay out of, you know, the 22 states that the state of California won't pay 
for any of their employees to go to are 22 states that really don't want to see the stinking derriere of any state employee from California. Why do we want you guys coming here and polluting our society? Why do we want you coming here and making this twice the child of hell that your stupid California is? Why? That's what the guy, uh, I forgot who it was in Indiana, said. Kind of like basically said, oh, screw them. Why would we want Californians to come here and pollute the minds of our young children? Let them stay there. And oh, by the way, California, why are and how are you going to deal with not putting any public funds to go to states that are either pro-life or pro-traditional biblical marriage or its variations variations on, on the legislation, I mean, not variations on the marriage. But what are you going to do when your football teams, UCLA and USC and those other uh, schools, they want to go to Indiana to play. They want to go to Missouri to play. No, keep your stupid teams there. Let them play JV ball in Laguna Beach or someplace. Who cares? Let them die on the vine. Your schools suck for the most part anyway. But keep your proselytizing propagandists out of our states. Why Those 22 states don't need California money. But yet Gavin Grusom, he decides to vacation. The hypocrite that he is in Montana, which is one of those 22 states. So it's the same process here. Now, why I love West Virginia, I'm spending more time on this than I really plan to. But it's just feeling really important. I'm sorry. He said the woke banks have weaponized their tax dollars against the very people and industries that have generated them to begin with. But it doesn't end there. U.S. Bancor, just with the uh, with the declaration that West Virginia is going to do this, reverse their prohibition. They just just at the threat of it. These little punks from U.S. Bancorp, a bunch of weenies apparently with no cojones, they just turn. This is this bears out what I have said so many times that the left will never, ever respect anything except a good, hard financial spanking. you got to turn the, the cheeks on their derriere blood red with a whacking before you can get them to do what you want to do. And know this, they'll never do it voluntarily. You're not changing their mind. They're just a bunch of greedy whatevers that want your money. And because they want it, then they'll change. Which is why corporations have changed so rapidly. They've put a finger to the wind. They have determined that they think the winds of culture of the culture have changed, and now they're going to go woke left as hard as they can because that's the, where the money is, and forget all the good and righteous people that are out there. We'll bribe them somehow. We can we can get them to do what we want. Well, they're pretty good at it. Now, here's the last plus I want to share on this. Fifteen other states are looking at doing what West Virginia is doing. They include the great and honorable states of Texas, Kentucky, Oklahoma, Florida, South Carolina, Arizona, God bless Arizona, Louisiana, Idaho, Utah, Wyoming, Arkansas, and North Dakota. 
With the exception of one or two of those states, probably 13 of these 15 comprise states that are on my list of 17 that I'm convinced will in time leave the United States to form their own better and original and more original United States of America. I loved what Arizona State Treasurer Kimberly Yee said on Fox Business the other day that her office will use what her office will use to determine future partnerships. She said it will be based on whether companies, quote, stand for American values rather than the ESG or environmental, social, and governance standards. Higher prices at the pump and broader inflation, she said, can be blamed on the Biden administration's ESG agenda. And we ain't doing it in Arizona and maybe 14 other states. Thank you, West Virginia, you mountaineers, for leading us out of this morass that we are in of woke banks, which frankly are some of the most un-American companies in the United States. And frankly, most companies seem to be headed in that direction. Well, I don't know how much of this, but my topic I'm going to get to here, but let me start it, and I guess I may just have to finish it next week. But we've all heard now about the monkeypox, right? Monkey, monkey, monkeypox. Monkeypox, you don't have to be afraid of it unless you are really into queer sex with other guys or at least some real physical intimacy with other queers. If you're queer, if you're not, you don't have to be afraid of this. So California, Illinois, and New York all declare emergencies, health emergencies because of the monkeypox. Do they really come out and tell you that something like 96, 97% are queer guys? Not lesbians even, dominantly queer men. All you got to do is not be, participate in that behavior, and you're safe. Who needs a stinking vaccine? Who needs this or that? And Joe, no brains, no brain, no brains, no cojones, no morals, Biden. Puppet strings get yanked on this thing. So he now declares a national health emergency. You see, the COVID crapola is worn off. People are just starting to give him, giving the administration, the middle finger of diplomacy when they talk about more masks and whatever, you can get away with that in stupid cities like New York and L.A. You can pull the wool over those people's eyes a gazillion times because they have learned that meat comes from a store, not from a cow. They believe corn comes from a can, not from a farmer. They've never seen the country. They're afraid of the country. They're dependent on government for all of their provisions, basically. And when government does that, then they can also rely on government for government's advice. And they say, take the, get the mask, get the shot, even though you've screwed yourself with the shots as far as your susceptibility to COVID in the future and their, and what is now proving to be a radically reduced immune system and people will start dying more and more from other things other than COVID as a result of the shot. Now, there's a passage of Scripture you'll have to claim retroactively that if you take any deadly thing, it shall not harm you from the book of Mark. I think it is, chapter 16. I may be wrong, but I think that's where it is. You can claim it retroactively, but that's what you ought to do if you've taken it. 
for goodness sakes, don't keep taking them. If the government says do it, that's how you know you shouldn't. And what just happened? What just broke yesterday? The story that for 17 years now, all the research, the hundreds of millions of dollars spent on research and uh, payments to pharmaceutical uh, corporations for treatment of Alzheimer's based on identifying a certain protein, it is all fake. Even NIH has come out and said, we got ripped off. We got screwed. This isn't true. And are they saying it because they are repentant? No. They're saying it because they cannot deny the evidence, the evidence that it was nothing but smoke and mirrors with the alleged Alzheimer's breakthrough in 2006, I think it was, which hasn't cured it. Which is why it brought a guy by the name of Dr. Schrag, a homeschooled kid who's now a doctor, to start investigating the claims made back in 2006, only to find out that it's all bogus, reports were faked, and it's so glaring, it's so obvious that nobody can defend it. So if you wonder if you can trust Big Pharma, well, you certainly can't as it relates to anything covid you certainly can't trust them with relating to uh, the monkey monkey pox. You can't trust them with related to Alzheimer's. Wondering if you know somebody who's Alzheimer's who've been taking medications that haven't done anything. Go look to Big Pharma. Look up that story. And it starts with, I think, Simul, I can't even say it, what the name of the drug is. No, my wife writes down every drug name that's advertised on TV. And I think she's up to 35 of them. Can't pronounce any of them. Go ahead. Do you have, do you, do you have the hoochie coochie disease? Hoochie coochie is a thing where you just want to, you want to uh, be affectionate more, more often than not. So go ask your, and this will help treat that. Go ask your doctor if, if the hoochie coochie antivirus is good for you. Come on. Are we this stupid? Well, yeah, I guess the people are in New York, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, Houston, Philadelphia, Chicago, the cities, the cities. They're the ones that are going to run with Joey Baby's monkeypox emergency warning, taking all these precautions. Let's, let's suppose there's a nat- national health emergency related to prostate cancer. National health emergency for prostate cancer. And the emergency orders said, we don't care if you're a man or a woman, even though prostate cancer only affects men. You've got this cancer in your testicular area. But they're going to make everybody feel like they are part of the exposed group because we sure don't want to single out men and focus on their testicles. No, we don't want to do that. And we sure as heck don't want to focus on queers who are having sex and doing hoochie-coochie stuff with other queer guys and getting monkeypox. We can't tell them the truth. we got to tell them lies, and we have to put everybody in fear that everybody could be exposed. Every woman could get prostate cancer. Every guy can get cervical cancer. Every guy can get breast cancer. Are we this stupid? 
Are we, have we become a people who frankly really don't deserve to vote? Because we either don't care or we don't have the mind to do it. So listen to what Governor Pritzker said of Illinois about this whole monkeypox business. He said, the monkeypox virus is a rare, note that word, rare, but potentially, note that word, serious disease that requires the full mobilization of all available public health resources to prevent the spread. So I am declaring a state of emergency to expand the resources and coordination efforts of state agencies in responding to treating and preventing the spread of MPV. Okay, as a little aside, I'm not sure about this. This just popped in my head. Isn't there a line or a brand of Mazda that's the MPV or something like that? I think it's the MPV. I could be wrong. But how if it is, but if I'm all right, how'd you like to be Mazda and have one of your lines named after a disease that only impacts queers committing sodomy and other intimate behavior? Oh, that's a real uh, that's a real marketing ploy, isn't it? But let me go back to the statement. Monkeypox. So there's supposedly six thousand six hundred cases of it. Monkeypox virus is a rare, rare R A R A R A R E. Rare. Let's have a national emergency over something that's really rare. Number two. Not only is it rare, meaning it hardly affects anybody, the 6,600 are people less than about any other disease in this country ever. But this is their chance to try to regain control before the November election because they're losing control over COVID except in all the stupid cities which are going to vote for Democrats anyway. So who gives a rat's rear end about those cities? Not only is it rare, but but it's potentially serious. Okay, so not only is it rare, and it's not necessarily serious, it's only potentially serious. And it's not serious in the extent that somebody dies. Nobody's dying. So you get these bumps on your parts of your body and you got a fever and your chills and it's only 6,600 and it's among primarily queers from intimate and sexual behavior, but it's really rare and it's potentially serious, not death. And how serious is a fever and a chills and bumps on your skin? I'm not serious at all. And it's rare. Look, do you hear the scare tactics involved here? They simply want to control you. And the the message of the Democrat Party is we will scare you and try to put you in fear any possible way we can so that we can maintain control. And what does the Bible say? The Bible says fear is bondage. The Bible says fear is torment. The only thing we're... You know, we are to fear, meaning reverence the Lord God. It says in Scripture that Jesus has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So if Jesus isn't giving us all these fears, who is? Who is? The demon in charge himself, Satan, and his democrats. They control through 
fear. That's why it says fear is bondage and fear is torment. And you know why it's torment? Because the devil and the Democrats will never, ever give you any relief from fear. Their answer to you being stuck in fear is to find ways to keep that fear alive. And if that fear wears off because of certain developments, is to bring a new fear to a town near you. Because they want to control. I mean, Isaiah 14 makes it clear that Democrats are about control, animated by the devil himself. Because isn't that what Satan does? Isn't that what Satan wants? I mean, isn't that what it says in Isaiah 14? If you don't think that he just wants to be in control, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground? For you have weakened the nations. You have weakened the United States, O Lucifer. You've weakened England, O Lucifer. And why? How? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation and in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. This guy, you know what I have to say about all these eyes? Is ay, 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 ay. Satan is all about Satan. Satan is all about control. And that is all the Democrats are about. He, they are his minions in this world, in this life, and in this time. And sadly, a lot of them have shown up in pulpits, as is made very clear in the, the book of Corinthians. But what is your job? What is your role? What is your duty? Don't be constrained by your affections. Don't be restricted in your affections. If you really love a homosexual, and you ought to, tell them the truth. Tell them that, you know what? There is deliverance for you. And guess what? All the statistics show that you have a ridiculously high rate of suicide, a ridiculously high rate of drug addiction, a ridiculously high rate of uh, manic depressive, bipolar, all sorts of mental uh, problems, none of which are from God, but from the enemy who came to steal, kill, and destroy. He's out to destroy you. I've come to give you life and, ha and life more abundantly. That's the word. If they hate you for it, who knows what they're thinking about two minutes after you share that word. Like that man that came up to me in church at one time, he said, I don't like your program. You seem to be against homosexuals. I said, no, I'm not. I'm against the devil who sold you guys lies. My job is because I love you is to free you from demon, that sort of demon oppression. In some cases, demon possession. And he said, well, I'm gay. I said, no, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you aren't. Yes, I am. And I said, no, you aren't. And we went at it like a couple of five-year-olds for a few minutes. And finally he stopped. When last time I said, you're not gay. He said, I'm not. I said, no, you've believed a lie of the devil. He didn't come into church. He hung his head and he walked away. 
I, whether I offended him or not, I don't think so by the nature of his hanging his head, but I don't care if he walked away screaming obscenities. It wouldn't have changed what I said, but I planted a seed that he will not soon forget because Jesus came to set us free. And that includes the homosexual community as well. All those things that Paul said that uh, those people are going to hell includes uh, homosexuals and sodomites as such were some of you, past tense. They can be delivered because that's God's desire. Sit tall in the saddle, America. Remember, you ride for the brand, the brand of Jesus Christ. God bless you. See you next week.